0: Welcome to my podcast. My name is Doctor Brendan McCarthy. I am the Chief Medical Officer of Protea Medical Center in Chandler, Arizona. Thank you so much for tuning in uh, today. Uh, the episode kind of had a few. Uh, I don't know. I didn't know if I wanted to do one on this because you know everyone seems to be um, writing clickbait and you know videos and articles on so much on Ozempic, and and I and I hesitate to doing it because a lot of people will just write the most random things just to get eyes on their material. And a lot of the stuff they're writing on Ozempic right now is, is, useless information. It's not very helpful. And it's just meant to get you like, you know, tantalized and, or, or scandalized, right? That's a better way of doing it. They're scandalized about what Ozempic can do or can't do. It's just become this big thing. And, and what they do is they write these articles or they make these videos just to pull your eyes to it. So they make these really extreme, um, um, statements just to pull your eyes to it. Not because the data is good, but because you're interested in Ozempic. A lot of people are very interested in this and, and you know, they want eyes on that. So they're going to get advertising dollars every time you look at it. So um, I didn't want to jump into that herd mentality. I didn't want my stuff thrown in there. But with that said, I have a lot of patients who see this stuff they have a lot of honest questions, and there's a lot of you uh, out there who you know just commented on um, our YouTube channel and also uh, on Instagram. We've seen a bunch of questions, uh, and I think TikTok too. Yep. Yeah, TikTok as well. So we've been getting a lot of questions. So I'm just going to do a video on this. Whoever you are watching this right now, please know I am not doing this for clickbait at all. I'm doing this just for the sake of you. You deserve to have an educated decision whenever you make a decision, and whenever you've given bad information it makes it difficult to make that, that choice. So what is Ozempic? How did it come about? My experience with this, and I did a podcast a little bit in the past regarding this, but I'm going to do one very specific today to it. You know, Ozempic, my first experience with it was, um, or a variation of it was in 2006. There was a medication called Biata that was released onto the market. And it was originally made from Gila monster saliva. true story pause the video and Google it if you need to, but it's a true story. Ozepic is the brand name of a chemical called semaglutide or or, uh, a drug called semaglutide. And semaglutide is uh, made off of the model of GLP-1 or glucagon-like protein one. Now, glucagon-like protein one is a naturally occurring compound your body makes. It plays a role with metabolism, which we'll get into in a minute. So, they first isolated GLP-1 from Gila monster saliva. And then they started to try and refine it and figure out ways to make it. And they started discovering it. humans have it as well. It took a long time to get a medication to market that was GLP-1 like without having bad side effects, really bad side effects, and would have benefit. Uh, Byetta was on the market for a while and then it kind of morphed and all these different variations of it came out over time. Um, until we have the one we have now, which is, you know, you see Ozempic and Wagovi and, uh, um, Manjaro. And I'm sure there are others out there now by the time I'm filming this, because it's filmed and it gets up released. So what does it do? Why, why are we even using this stuff? Let's first start by saying this. It is not a cure for obesity at all. Okay. Just know this. It is not a cure for obesity, even a little. It's not a cure. If a patient presents to clinic who is not eating well, who is having high blood pressure, I know that if I could fix their diet, I get their blood pressure down. Not everyone's going to fix their diet. So I'm going to give them a blood pressure medication to help stabilize them while I do my best to get their diet under control. The blood pressure medication is going to get their blood pressure back into the normal range to protect them from the damage of having high blood pressure. Because if your blood pressure is allowed to stay high for too long, you know, it's not good. There's a lot of other health and, and things that would occur from that. So Ozempic is similar. When you have a patient that you need them to be able to lose weight, there's issues at, uh, at hand to help them lose weight. Sometimes to cure that weight gain issue, what caused them to have the weight gain, to cure that, it takes time and buy-in on the part of the patient. And we we'll get to those a little bit more in a minute. While you're doing that, if the patient's body weight is so high that it's causing trauma, joint breakdown, um, other metabolic conditions, uh, oxidative damage, elevated levels of C-reactive protein. I mean, there's a host of things that having a high body fat is going to negatively do to us. We would use a medication like Ozempic to help bring their weight down to protect them from the damage that it's doing. While I do that, I still know I need to treat the reason why they gained the weight. If I don't do that, it's sort of like putting them in, um, it's like a trap. Think of that. If I don't treat the cause for their weight gain and I give them a they will lose weight because it works. And the weight will go all the way down, which is wonderful. But at the end of the day, they still have the original problem. The original cause of the weight gain was not treated. All I did was take care of the symptoms, which is the body fat. And in order for them to keep that body weight now, They need to continue taking Ozempic. It's no different than the person with hypertension due to lifestyle issues. I give them blood pressure medication to lower their blood pressure to protect them. But they can't come off the blood pressure medication until they change their lifestyle. So long as their lifestyle is like this, they have to stay on the medicine. They're kind of trapped. There are some of you out there who are on blood pressure medication due to genetic disorders. Like me, I have a genetic thing where blood pressure gets higher with age. just what it does. Some of us have these things where you need to be on the medicine. That's not a lifestyle issue. That's a completely different thing. And I want you to know, you are not a part of this thing, this example I'm using here. So if you were taking a blood pressure medicine or cholesterol medicine because you have hyperlipidemia or you have a genetic predisposition to hypertension, this is not for you, this part. So Ozempic as a trap is true. People will take it to lose weight, thinking that that's curing the problem because they only look at their weight as being the problem. They don't look at the original causes what the real problem is. The two major reasons, there's others, but I'm going to take the two major reasons for patients to have the kind of weight gain that would need to There's two. Let me, all right, I'll put three out there. Number one is going to be overconsumption of calories. Patient presents to clinic, their hemoglobin A1C, which is a three-month average of how much blood sugar they have, is going to be elevated. It's going to be above 5.6. It's going to be leaning towards 6.4 or higher even. And those patients we know overconsume calories. Through their overconsumption of calories, their insulin levels go higher. The insulin is what triggers the body to store fat. So as the calorie count goes up and blood sugar goes up, insulin chases after it. Insulin is what triggers the body to store fat. That's one. The second one is going to be the patient presents to clinic who has chronic severe stress, just unrelenting stress in their lives. And they will present to clinic normal blood sugar, okay? Their blood sugar is normal. As you know they're not overeating. And they'll come in and they're obese, but their blood sugar is like 5.4 on the hemoglobin A1C. How do you tell them to cut their calories? It's not calories. When you're under chronic stress, it triggers also a higher release of insulin every time you eat a carbohydrate. So the patient will come in and they'll have a normal glucose, hemoglobin A1C There is that is, and they're going to have a very high level of insulin fasting, okay? The higher that insulin is with a normal glucose, the more you start thinking to yourself, why is that insulin high? The primary reason for it, if you run their cortisol, is that there'll be a cortisol issue. Stress is unique with this. And I want to make sure I'm very clear with this part. When you're under acute stress, like you're driving down the road and a car cuts in front of you and you're about to hit it, you're like, you know? You know that feeling because you're like jittery hands, you're nervous, like, ah. Your cortisol levels in that moment were spiking high, okay? If you live in a stressful workplace, excuse me, live a stressful home or you work in a stressful workplace or any number of reasons, PTSD, all of these things creating stress in your life, your cortisol levels would be high in the acute phase of stress, but over time and exposure to stress your cortisol levels start to deplete and go lower and lower and lower. The elevated insulin in those situations came from the time frame when they were under acute stress. So their insulin was elevated then, and now, and their cortisol was elevated. And then over time, cortisol goes low, but insulin, fasting insulin, stays high. So so when you have a patient presenting to clinic with weight gain secondary to stress, and you see the cortisol be low, please understand you're in the exhaustion phase of adrenal insufficiency or adrenal fatigue. Okay? Insulin is always the primary driver of weight gain in patients. And my example, type 1 diabetics. Patient presents to clinic with type 1 diabetes, they are always thin. Always thin. Type 1, initial presentation, always. You run their, their blood sugar, and their blood sugar will be wicked high. The A1C, wicked high, like 11 or 12. Those kids are underweight when they present to clinic. They have super high sugar in their bloodstreams, and they're underweight. When you run that lab for insulin, they have no insulin. You can't store fat without insulin. You just can't. So insulin is the issue, always. So again, reason number one, overeating, causing you to have a high level of glucose, Then that creates a high level of insulin. That causes the weight gain. Type 2, we're going to have chronic stress, boom, 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 all the time, creating higher levels of insulin because you had high cortisol. And now the insulin stays high. Whenever you eat a carbohydrate, not a lot of carbohydrate, a little bit, your body's like, shoots up insulin even higher because you're hypoinsulinemic. You you over-respond with too much insulin. And that's going to cause you to signal your body to store fat. Now, type 3, which I kind of alluded to earlier, which we should bring in here too, estrogen. Estrogen stimulates insulin. When women are estrogen dominant, they tend to have a more difficulty with weight loss. And this is the reason why. They all think that estrogen is the bad guy. It's not the estrogen. It is the estrogen stimulation of insulin. Fixing the estrogen alone will not cause the weight loss. It doesn't work that way. In order for them to have correct weight loss, what do we got to do? We got to get their estrogen under control. Yes, but we need to target that insulin. So those are the three reasons a patient comes in for weight loss that we could consider Ozempic. Any one of those three people cases, types of cases that I just put on Ozempic, is irresponsible of me, irresponsible of me as a physician, not to figure out why they had the weight gain, one, and not to have a plan on figuring that out and fixing it. Your doctor, our job as the doctor is always to find out what's happening with you. You remember when uh, SSRIs came on the market, you know, antidepressants? People would just put on those and parked on it because it was easier to put you on that than it is to figure out why you're depressed. It's like that with weight. And, and look at those people over the, 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 over the years of having, having being on SSRIs. They're no better. And there's a lot of people that's just like, this is not good. I don't like this. I don't, I'm not well. It never treated the original problem. I've said it before. I'll say it to you again. As a doctor, I'm here to do the hard work. This is my calling. This is what we are meant to do. Any monkey can just sling you ozempic. Any monkey can do it, but it's terrible when they do. In previous videos, I have talked about how to treat high insulin due to stress and I've talked about how to help someone with you know food addiction, food food attachments and and we've talked about estrogen dominance a lot. So I, I don't want to go too much into depth of that part here because you, you can look at those other ones yourselves. Um, and maybe just if you have a chance, just put the episode numbers at the bottom. Might help. If your doctor is just slinging you or care provider, or whoever's prescribing this, is just slinging you Ozempic without labs to figure out why you have this problem and then running labs at the end to show that they resolve the problem what are they doing? You know, not good work, not good work. I want to use a story that I used before, but I'm going to repeat it again. Cause it's a good story. There was this guy, Chuck, not his real name, who was prescribed this medication and he had great insurance, covered it. And, you know, he had this hobby of eating cake. That was his hobby. He would buy, you know, you wedge cake every day. And, and, and that was his hobby. And uh, I choke around about that. It wasn't really his hobby. It was he joked around, about it. we we had that as a running joke about his cake eating hobby. But uh, eat he cake every day. You know that was his jam. And and you know he's uh, you know five seven on a good day. You know he got up to almost three hundred pounds in body weight, and type two diabetic now and obese. And again, good insurance put him on the protocol, and. His doctor just put him on the medication that was Epic and he lost a lot of weight. He got down into like, I think it was a one upper 160s, lower 170s. This is a true story. It's a great story. The thing with Chuck was that he still ate the cake on the side, not a lot because you can't on this, you know. And I'll go over side effects in a few, you know. We may go over side effects in another episode. I think it has to be another episode because it's too much to do in one. So, Please know we're doing another episode on side effects and what's really an issue with that, okay? So that'll be another episode. So Chuck had those side effects that you hear about, you know, uh, um, of gas and and of, you know, uh, diarrhea and of, you know, GI upset, but he still would eat chocolate cake on the side, you know, and not a lot, but he still did it. He was never brought to nutrition. He never sat down with a nutritionist, ever. No one ever sat down with him and talked to him about how to change his diet, and why it was so important. No one really drilled in that that was the key to the whole product protocol. And that long-term, he's not going to stay on this, that there, all good things come to an end. And then when he stops the Ozempic, if he does not have a different diet at the other end of it, all that weight will come back quickly. So he never knew that. He never really was taught that. His physician never went over it. And he just went all the way down to that low weight. And then He lost the diagnosis of obesity and lost the diagnosis of type 2 diabetes, and he was free and clear. And Chuck went back to eating cake on the regular, no longer having a little bit because that was what he was doing on Ozempic because he got full too fast. You know, it was more that he um, was now having freedom to eat what he wanted, and he just went back and he started gaining weight. And that's when one of my patients, his son, you know, said, Hey, you know, can't do this anymore, dad. He brought, brought his dad in and I sat down with him. This is where we started the whole protocol with him. The thing is, is that most of you who are prescribed Ozempic are just given Ozempic with nothing else. And that's a problem. It really is. Because as you stop it, your weight's going to come right back up. And all you're going to have is a bad taste in your mouth for this because you went on this roller coaster and you felt really good about yourself. And now you feel like a failure at the other end of it because you gained the weight. And that's not what medicine should be ever. Ever. It's setting you up for failure. It really is. In the case of Ozempic, Wagovi, Majuro, any of these medications, any semaglutide type medications, it's a tool in the tool belt of the physician. And every tool has its place and its value. And some of the outrage you see online about Ozempic, if you really look at it clearly, you'll see the outrage and frustration is when it's being used as the wrong tool for the job in front of you, or it's the right tool being used incorrectly for the job in front of you. As I mentioned, you get a patient in who has obesity and just slip them onto Ozempic and you don't treat the underlying reason, underlying reason why they're obese, they're they you're re- using the right tool for the wrong reasons. You're not doing it correctly. You know, you're not treating the cause. You're just kind of reducing symptoms short temporarily. And then when you stop using the tool, it comes back. So this is not real medicine. Okay, that's that one. And then we have a patient present to clinic who is normal weight, who just wants to look a certain way better, that's using the wrong tool for the wrong job. That's not what that should be there for. That's another reason why people are upset. And they're both good reasons. So if you are a candidate for Ozempic or Wagovi or semaglutide of any kind, I implore you to use it in a setting with a physician who understands you who is willing to do the hard work with you and not set you up for failure. You want your doctor to sit down with you, understand you and care about you enough to schedule you to see a nutritionist on the regular. If that's a food, food attachment disorder you have, like with type 2 diabetes and you're overeating chocolate cake in the sake of Chuck, a Chuck story. If you have a chronic stress case, you want your doctor to sit down with you and try to figure out your chronic stress source. Sometimes we refer out to therapy. Sometimes we talk about stress coping. Sometimes, you know, I do career counseling and I do whatever it takes to get my patient's life better. You know, stress is a big one. So we have to go after that stress. You want your doctor to go after all these things with you. And then you want your doctor to do a protocol where they're monitoring you on this medication for side effects. They're slowly tapering you up. They're giving you the exact dose that works well. They're just doing their due diligence and care as a physician. So I hope that helps. I know a lot of you have serious concerns, worries, or you're excited about you. There's so many emotions about this medication and this concept. You know, please comment, you know, Justin and I read these. It matters to us. It helps us know what kind of content that matters to you. So please feel free to, to uh, post. If this is Instagram, you know, down at the bottom there and, and, and Write down what your, your thoughts are, your concerns, things that I didn't address in this video. And then uh, the next video I'm going to do is going to be based on side effects and concerns that have been wor- worded out there in the media regarding the use of this medication. So please like, share, and subscribe. And uh, I will see you next time.